0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 900 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back to the best of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode was originally Today's episode originally aired on August 15th, 2022. It's episode 736. It's called Omnipod 5 Pro Tip Overview. It is the first of my three-part series about how to begin on the Omnipod 5. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. As I said, this is the first part of a three part series. They're available to you at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash omnipod five, or of course, right in your podcast player. If you're a US citizen who has type one or is the caregiver of someone with type one, please take the time to complete the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You really will be helping type one research when you complete that survey. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by AG1 from Athletic Greens. I start every day with AG1 and you can as well. AthleticGreens.com forward slash juice box. If you head over there now and get started, you get five free travel packs plus a year's supply of vitamin D along with your first order. AthleticGreens.com forward slash juice box. Best green drink I've ever had. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. You can learn more or grab one at contournext.com forward slash juice box. You owe it to yourself to get an accurate meter. And the Contour Next Gen is just what you're looking for. Hello, friends, and welcome to part one of my Omnipod 5 series with Carrie Burgett. Before we get started today with part one of this three-part series, I'd like to tell you that Inslet has paid the host of this podcast. That's me, Scott Benner and my guest, Carrie Burgett, a fee to create this content. Carrie is an Omnipod ambassador with an ongoing commercial relationship with Insulate. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. This information and other content provided in this podcast or in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something that you've heard in this podcast or read in any linked materials. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast and website have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice, or other institution. Please speak with your healthcare team if you or any person has a medical concern and before making any changes to your diabetes management. You can always consult the Omnipod 5 Automated Insulin Delivery System User Guide for more information. In short, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. You are about to listen to Omnipod 5 Pro Tip Overview. The second episode is Omnipod 5 Pro Tip Settings, and the third episode is Omnipod 5 Pro Tip Connectivity. Please listen to them in order, as I think that is how they'll best serve you. If you're listening in an audio app, these three episodes went up at the same time, so they'll be right next to each other. Or you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash Omnipod5.
1: My name is Carrie Burgett. I am a nurse and a specialty nurse in diabetes care. I work at the Barbara Davis Center, which is a diabetes center in Aurora, Colorado. It's part of the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. And I love my job. I love working with families who have kids with type 1 diabetes because I get to help them figure out how to make the most of their lives and still have a great life, even though they're having to deal with type 1 diabetes, which can be really challenging.
0: You don't have type 1, is that correct?
1: that is true. I do not have type one.
0: How did you make it to this kind of work?
1: My background as a nurse actually did not bring like prepare me at all for type one diabetes care. But when I first I've been a nurse for 17 years. And when I first started nursing, I worked in the hospital and I didn't love it because it was I didn't get to know people enough. I was. It was too much just put a bandaid on things and not really get to know or help or be a part of anybody's Life And so then I started working as a public health nurse where I did a home visiting program for um, young mothers. And so I would go into their homes and support them throughout their pregnancy with health education. And I got to work with them until their child was two years old. So I did that for about seven years. And while I really loved that, too, I was kind of like, well, I think I want something that's a little bit more clinical, but not back in the hospital. And I had a friend from nursing school who had type one diabetes. And I um, learned a lot about it from her and was just amazed at how, how smart she was and how hard she had to work to manage her diabetes, but also how much self-care and commitment it took. And so then when I was looking for another career, the Barbara Davis center came up and, and I was like, you know, I think, I think this is this That's is the place for me because, you know, I don't want a job where I'm the, the quote nurse who's, you know, in charge and I just tell people what to do. No, like I want, I want, I wanted a place where I could connect with people and come alongside them and support them and be a team right. um, to help.
0: Yeah. Cause then you get to make a real tangible difference in someone's life, right? It's not, yeah. it's not like emergent care where you just kind of run in and do what you got to do and leave, but you get to know people and see where their struggles and their strengths are. And then um, and then and lift them up a little bit, which I think is what we're going to be able to do here with these episodes. So I appreciate you very much taking the time to let us know about yourself. We basically have our topics broken down into a couple of, of, of headlines. Right. So the first one we have here is what do we need to know before we get started with the Omnipod 5? And um, I want to ask you first, how many families have you been involved with so far with Omnipod 5?
1: Well, I've been working with Omnipod 5 for over two years now because um, I got to work on the clinical trial, Mm -hmm. which was the study that you do before the device um, is commercially approved. So I had about 30 families that were in the trial from our center, and I uh, was the primary nurse for that study. So I got to train them on the device and teach them how to use it. And then we got to work together to figure out how to use it best. So that's been for the last two years. And then now that the device is commercially available. We're rolling it out in our clinical uh, practice as well. And we've had over 250 new prescriptions for it in just these last couple months. And then over 80 have started the system. So
0: um,
1: there's been a lot of a lot of kids and uh, families that I've worked with on the system.
0: That's perfect. So you've got you've got a couple of years worth of knowledge that we can pull from here. It's going to be terrific. We're going to start simply getting things laid out, right? And a person wants to start with Omnipod 5, what do they need? They need Omnipod 5, that's pretty obvious. But they're also going to need a Dexcom G6 CGM, is that correct?
1: That is true. Yep, the Omnipod 5 works with the Dexcom G6, and you do need that Dexcom G6 in order to use the system in the automated mode.
0: Yeah, it's important to remember that these are separate items. You don't get a Omnipod five prescription that ends up bringing you a Dexcom. So if you have the G six, all you need is the Omnipod five. If you have uh, neither, then you're going to need to talk to your healthcare provider about getting a prescription for each.
1: Yes, very okay. important point. Okay. The other important point about that is that um, the Dexcom G six is it really is a separate device, and the fact that you need to use it on your own cell phone with the G6 mobile app. There is no way to download the G6 mobile app on the Omnipod 5 controller. So that's also an important piece to um, to understand and that you can't use the Dexcom receiver either if you're using the Omnipod 5. Right,
0: so if you're already a Dexcom G6 user and you're using Dexcom's receiver, you're going to need to move your Dexcom onto an app on your phone before you can use Omnipod 5 with it.
1: Yes, that's correct. The G6 mobile app to be specific. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, Now you could use Omnipod 5, right? Without the G6, but you would just be using it as a, just a regular insulin pump. It wouldn't be an automated system.
1: That is correct. Yes.
0: Having said that, Carrie, I think if you're going to do this, like get all the stuff because, you know, right.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, If you're going to get Omnipod 5, Use it in automated mode. That will definitely be the best way to go.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, does that mean that you can't use on the 5 if you don't have a smartphone? Well,
1: again. well, <laughs> the, the short answer is yes. But let me give you the more complicated trail of that. So you do need to have the Dexcom G6 mobile app in order to operate the Dexcom G6 sensor. And as I mentioned before, you cannot use automated mode without the sensor. But if you had the G6 um, mobile app on one smartphone and the sensor was all up and running and you had already connected it to your controller, the active sensor session, if you already have the Dexcom transmitter in the Omnipod 5 uh, app, Mm -hmm. either on the controller or your own phone, then once that's up and going, you don't need the G6 mobile app within range in order for OmniPod Five to operate in automated mode.
0: Right. And we're so gonna, yeah, and we're going to go over that probably a number of times. So one of the one of the great things about the system is that it's it's self contained within the things that are on your body. So the the G6 will talk to the OmniPod Five without the controller for the for the um for the OmniPod Five there or without your cell phone. Those things could be nowhere near you and the algorithm can run because the algorithm actually lives like right on the circuit board inside of the Omnipod 5.
1: Right. The algorithm is directly inside the pod. So the pod itself that is on your body, each one of those pods has the automated insulin delivery algorithm on it. So the Dexcom actually sends the glucose data directly to the pod. Mm -hmm. And then that pod uses that CGM information from the Dexcom directly to calculate how much insulin to give. So yes, you do not have to have the controller, the Omnipod 5 controller nearby um, in order for the automated insulin delivery to occur.
0: Okay. So we have our stuff. We got, we got our gadgets and our gizmos and our whatsits, and we know what we're doing Um, (laughs) and we got to get started, right? So some people are going to train in person with a CDE or a nurse practitioner, whatever they have available to them. uh, Even, I guess, I'm guessing through people that Omnipod provides. Is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on your clinic. There's a variety of ways that clinics might go about training um, their patients on insulin pumps in general. A lot of clinics do use the industry trainers. So they'll have a trainer from Omnipod that covers their clinic. And that would be the the trainer that they would. Gotcha. They would work with. Yeah.
0: Now there's also um, like an e-learning situation, right? Where you can go online and take, I don't know, walk through, oh, isn't that great? I don't have a job. <laughs> Carrie, I don't have a job, so I don't get to do things the way other people do, but I hear a lot of people train online with stuff. Um, <laughs> but that. But I did take the online training for Omnipod 5, and I'm assuming that's ah. available to other people as well.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. available to everyone who's a current Omnipot-er. Um, The way it's designed, actually, is that if you are a current omnipotter and your specific healthcare provider has like given the stamp of approval that they're good with their patients self-starting, then when you get your intro kit from the pharmacy, inside that kit includes a QR code. And it's, but it's not very complicated. It's just omnipod.com backslash setup. You go there and it'll walk you through the steps of setting up the controller. And then from there you can access um, the e-learning modules, which will walk you through how the system works, how to program it. And, you know, walk you through the steps of starting it up.
0: Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. The, I, I think a, the, a couple of the keywords you and I are going to hit over and over again. One of them is going to be settings. Whether this means your basal profile, your insulin to carb ratio for your meals, your correction ratio, uh, insulin sensitivity, all these things that, I mean, if we're being honest, I guess a number of people don't even understand. They, they go with whatever's set up for them and then whatever happens, happens. But on this automated system, I I think the easiest way to consider this is that if your settings aren't good, it's gonna be like sending, I don't know, uh, five basketball players out to play a baseball game, right? (laughs) Like, you know, you've you've kinda got the tools there, you got some athletic people, but they've never held a bat before, they don't know how to throw a ball overhand, and and you've got these things, it's close to what you need, it's not exactly what you need. So having your settings correct, is I I think in my opinion by far the most important step of getting going. Now, how does how do you do that when you might be in a situation? I guess what I'm what I'm thinking about is is what happens if someone see, sees automated system? Wow, an automated insulin delivery system. I'm out of this. But it's not just going to magically work. You're going to have to give it a good starting point.
1: Yeah, that that's all true. So programming the settings, the initial settings that you have, it, it's. I wouldn't recommend just, just blindly programming whatever you have in your current insulin pump mm-hmm. when you go to start Omnipod 5. Um, it's important that, you know, to get off to the best start, you really should have your basal program representing about 40 to 50% of your total daily insulin needs. And the reason for this is because the algorithm is it's using this assumption that that's typically what people... Require And so you'll, it'll estimate your total daily insulin best when you first start the system, if you have about 40 to 50% of your, um, uh, total daily insulin coming from that basal program, yeah. or at least that's what you have programmed in the system. So that's what it, what it assumes. And that's, that's pretty physiologically accurate. I mean, that is what you would expect. You know, we have these two types of insulin Delivery, when you think about it for intensive therapy, you've got basal insulin, you know, which is like your background. It's what's supposed to help stabilize your glucose levels and manage, you know, the liver's role in storing and dumping glucose into the bloodstream. And then you've got the bolus insulin, which is larger doses all at once that, you know, are for if the blood sugar gets high or if you're eating. And this is basically how the the body works with insulin delivery so this is trying to simulate the same type of of structure right so look at what your current settings are and then see how close or far that is so you can always start from what is the total amount of insulin that i receive in a day and then how much of that is coming from basal quote from the pump and how much of that is coming from boluses yeah. and you know people with diabetes they're really smart and they figure out how to make things work best for them and on a manual pump you might be getting some of what might be considered basal through giving extra boluses and things. So that's where if if those splits are way off of that, I think that's a time to go to your healthcare provider and try and reevaluate what they really should be to get off to the best start and then start from there.
0: Yeah, Carrie. And and to kind of put that into layman's terms for people, and this is something I've learned making the podcast over years, is there are times that people using insulin arrive at the right destination, but they don't quite get there the correct way. And um, uh, just a general understanding of what that might mean is, let's say you should be using, I don't know, 24 units of basil a day. I'm obviously doing that, so it's easy for us to remember it one unit an hour. But for some reason, your basil program is set at 0.5, and you end up making up that other insulin through manual corrections, or maybe you've figured out a way where your your meal ratio is really heavy, but it works because the basil's light, or vice versa. Maybe your basil's too heavy and you are eating on a schedule and feeding the the insulin. Like there are a lot of different ways that unbalanced settings can still look okay at the end. But this system is going to learn more quickly. If those settings are as close to right as possible. It can still learn if you if you begin with bad settings, but it, it will add to the amount of time. Is that right?
1: Yes. I'm sitting here like nodding my head, but you can't see that. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's absolutely right. And it's it's going back to your analogy of the uh, you know, baseball players trying to play basketball, or maybe it was vice versa. If you if you teach those baseball players how to play basketball, they'll probably learn it eventually. So it's it's a similar concept that it if it's not perfect at the beginning, or at least not optimal, it will eventually get there. It just is going to take a little bit longer okay. to figure that out. Okay. Um, and I think the other point I would make is that this system really operates off of total daily insulin. That is what it uses to base a lot of its automation decisions on not all of them. Cause it's also taking your current glucose level. It's making these you know, decisions about how much to give every five minutes, but kind of the the big picture factor that plays a huge role in that is your total daily insulin.
0: Okay. And would that be the same for somebody coming from MDI?
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be the same as somebody coming from MDI. Generally with MDI, you would look at, you know, what's your, what's your total long-acting insulin dose? And that would typically, you know, be what you would use to figure out basal settings in a pump. So you just would take that total basal dose if it represents about 50% of your total daily insulin. And then you would, you know, divide that by 24 to get a
0: starting rate of basal. Carrie, I'm going to give you a little more anecdotal from my end, which is I see people frequently going from MDI to any kind of pumping and having a similar issue where settings don't look the same, you know, and they, they'll, they run into it in all kinds of different ways, but, but kind of think of it like that. So we, you know, sometimes people from MDI go to pumping and it takes them a while to get their settings straight and fine. You're, you're on your way to doing that, but that pump's not trying to learn anything from what the settings are that you've told them. So have your settings really, really close before you start. And in the next part, we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I just wanted to, to make sure to be clear about that. So, so let's, Let's uh, imagine here we are. We've done our learning. We've talked to uh, our doctor. We have our settings straight. And we're sitting together. It's our Omnipod 5. We have our Omnipod 5 controller, our Dexcom. Our Dexcom's on our phone. We're ready to go. Now, you need to have the controller with you, right, to start up. You have to get it going. And, And earlier, we talked about that the system works without being near anything. But there are, of course, some things you need the controller for. For instance, you need it to give yourself a – tell it how many carbs you're going to eat, right? You need it to hear alarms and alerts. There there are things that if you walk completely away from it, you won't get. Alarms and alerts are a big part of it. The ability to control the um, the system as far as entering carbs is another one. If you happen to be in manual mode, you, know, you have access to a few more settings than you do in automated. So those things need to be nearby when you're making – changes or when you need to hear alarms and alerts and the truth is right you need to hear your alarms and alerts
1: yeah the other thing is if you want to see anything <laughs> you need to have the controller nearby so right. um you know if you're going to go swimming just leave it on the on the chair and you don't need to worry that it's not going to be able to deliver insulin but generally speaking you're going to want the controller nearby be- unless you just want to be completely blind and not know right. what's happening right. um but a couple other just clarifying things there they're calling it a controller now. So very fancy, no more PDM, but Mm -hmm. controller. That might be the lingo you hear when you like get your intro kit box and stuff. And then also as far as alarms and alerts, I did want to clarify another reason for having the Dexcom G6 app near you is that you cannot program any of the Dexcom CGM alerts on the Omnipod 5 controller. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you want to be getting those Dexcom alerts, you have to have the G6 app within range and get it through that app. There's a couple exceptions. I, there's a um, one low alert on the Omnipod 5 for if it predicts your glucose dropping below 55. And then there's some like pump related alarms and alerts, but okay. um, did want to make sure it was clear because this is a common question that I get that. There are no CGM re- related alerts, other than that 55 um, in the Omnipod Five
0: app. Right. So there, so you have two devices that are speaking to each other, but they're giving you their information on their their own separate platforms.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: You know, tons of people take some kind of a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 from Athletic Greens could be that for you. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, is recommended by professional athletes, and taken by yours truly. To make it easier for you to get started, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash box. Athletic Greens is good for any lifestyle, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, and it has no GMOs. Every morning, I mix my Athletic Greens up in just a little bit of water and knock it right back. It goes in smooth and easy. AthleticGreens.com forward slash And to make it even better, Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Once again, AthleticGreens.com. Forward slash juice box. There's no better time like the present to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of water every day. That's all you got to do. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Often overlooked is your glucose meter technology. Now we all think of glucose meters. We think well, CGM. You saying like a Dexcom, Scott? No, no, a blood glucose meter. You know, poke a little hole in your finger. Beep beep, that kind of thing. Well, Contour makes great meters, and today I'm here to tell you about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. At that link, you'll learn everything you need to know, and you can actually just buy the meter right there if you like. In fact, it may be cheaper in cash than you're paying for your supplies through your insurance. It's worth checking out. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. The next gen is small, easy to use, has a big, easy to read screen, nice bright lights and the accuracy is mm, you'll want, you want a meter. This accurate baby. Get out there. Contournext.com forward slash juice Think about your meter. Is it old? Is it janky? Is it busted? Do you not even know what it is? Did someone just give it to you and be like, here's a meter. And you're like, Oh good meter. Is it accurate? The one you have now, you don't know. Do you grab the contour next gen? Get yourself an accurate meter that has second chance test strips. That's what you're looking for. You don't want to waste those strips and you want accuracy. My daughter's been using a contour meter forever and ever. They're amazing. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes to Athletic Greens, Contour, and all of the sponsors. Those links are also available at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on them, you are supporting the show. So let's, I guess, dig in a little bit into this algorithm and what we can expect it to do and and what it's going to do. I feel like I want to ask you, and because I can, we've used Omnipod 5 and I I know a a great deal about it, but I think you have a lot more than me uh, as, as far as knowledge goes. So there's a predictive control algorithm, right? And it's called smart adjust technology. And we know how it's going to communicate back and forth with the G6. That happens every five minutes to predict where your glucose is going to go. 60 minutes from now, it mm-hmm. increases, it decreases or pauses insulin, trying to get you to that level that you actually get to program, right? So unlike other automated insulin delivery systems, I guess Omnipod 5 has a 110 target, but it also has other targets.
1: Yeah, you can program the target anywhere from 110 to 150 in 10 in ten milligram per deciliter increments. So 110, 120, 130, 140 150. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is the only automated insulin delivery system where you can customize the target to what you want it to be. And then additionally, you can also set that target. You can have a different target for different times of day. So, if you wanted to run 110 the run 110 target, you know, all day, but you wanted the 130 target overnight, you can do that as well.
0: Okay. It does not go lower than 110 though.
1: It does not. You cannot program a target lower than 110. Okay. That doesn't mean your blood sugar will never go lower than 110. But the the target that you program um, can't be lower than 110.
0: Yeah. So that's as good a place as any to talk about that. So your blood sugar could get lower, and then it's going to take away insulin trying to get back to the 110.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's important for people to hear, that it doesn't happen instantaneously. If you were to... I guess there's a lot of different things, right? You could you could make a bolus for a meal that's too large for what you ate, and then you might get lower than that. And then this the algorithm is going to just try as hard as it can to take away insulin, take away insulin to create a, a new balance. But you could be lower while it's doing that. So there are times where you might have to step in and fix a lower blood sugar. There's it, it, that seems accurate to you.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know what we see with these systems is they they do a really good job at helping prevent hypoglycemia, Mm -hmm. but they don't eliminate it altogether usually. So you may still have a few, you know, situations. Uh, The example you gave is, is a really good one, because if you do over bolus for a meal, for example, once that bolus insulin goes in the body, you can't take it out. You know, it's there. So you can't remove it. Um, All the algorithm can do is just stop the automated delivery in the background. So it should help. It should help kind of like cushion the fall if it's too much bolus, um, but it may not always be able to 100% prevent the, the low blood sugar. Right. Entirely.
0: Yeah, I, it comes from a personal experience I had with it because when we first got it, I was like, "I bet you I could get this to keep a lower number," and I did. It her, and Arden's blood sugar was like eighty-five for like two and a half hours. And I was like, "See, I tricked the algorithm," <laughs> and then it didn't. It it tricked me because uh, <laughs> because it took away so much of her basal that her you know once that active insulin I used in the meal was gone, then she just started going up and up because I had basically, you know, I had. I had put the algorithm in a situation where it took away the basil for so long that the only thing that was going to happen later was a rise. Like, it's the only thing that could happen eventually. I basically traded my meal insulin for basil, and it said, well, we're going we're gonna to get you back up to 110, and then that rise happened. So I just, yeah. you know, I, I, it's not, this stuff's all really very new to people. You, you know, and everybody's kind of had a a way they've done things and there's going to be a different, you know, a slightly different way to do things. And, and these are the things that are going to get you there. So, all right. So Carrie, we've thrown on this. We got our first pot on, right? What happens? Yes. Five minutes, 10 minutes later, my blood sugar is perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wish someday. Um, but so you put your first pot on, right? What'll happen is the With your very first pod, the system, you can go right into automated mode. So that's another cool thing about this is even though the system operates off of total daily insulin, you can still go in automated mode with the very first pod, even though there is no insulin history. If you think about it, you might be wondering, wait, you just told me this algorithm operates off total daily insulin, but this is my very first pod. So how would this system even know? You don't program your total daily insulin anywhere in the pot. It's based on the insulin you actually receive. So that goes back to what I was saying before that it estimates your total daily insulin and it uses that to determine what they call an adaptive basal rate. Mm -hmm. And so I would think of that as like a baseline. It's your baseline basal rate that this system thinks you have. And then it, and then it adjusts up and down from that rate based on the current glucose trend, recent insulin history, delivery history, all with the goal of trying to reach that 110 target. So the 110 is the brains. That's the number it's using when it's making these calculations every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then so you go along and you give your meal boluses because that's really important um, on a system like this. For one, if you want the best blood sugar control around meals, you should bolus you know 10 to 15 minutes before you eat to get the best control around meals, but also to make sure that the total daily insulin that you need is actually accurate because if you miss the boluses, two things will happen. Your, your meal control won't be as good. You're going to go high. The system will increase to try and help you. So it'll still be better than missing a bolus if you were on a standard pump. But the total daily insulin will start to be underestimated then because you're not giving the bolus and the automation can only do
0: so much right. for you. So, so if I, if, and again, this is a great example of it's not, you know, it's not just like set it and forget it and walk away. You do still have to do the things you need to do. Pre-bolusing a meal is of, you know, I, I think it's a basic concept. And and so what you just said, make sure I understand. If I don't pre-bolus a meal, then we're going to see a, a big shoot up. 20, 30 minutes after I've eaten, my blood sugar's gone from wherever it was, you know, 100 and now it's, it's 180 and my CGM's telling me I got two hours up. And then all of a sudden I remember to tell the the Omnipod 5, hey, by the way, I ate 45 carbs. So you're, by doing that, by not letting it know that food is happening when it's happening, it just thought you shot up out of nowhere and it tries to stop it. And now you're putting the food in and telling it, oh no, there was food here. But you're telling it that there's food at you know, seven o'clock at night when really the food existed at 6.30. And then that kind of throws things off. Is that, did I understand that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is it's just that it the, ti- it's the, the time doesn't really matter. So, like, the algorithm doesn't really care when you like to eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Like, it's not going to learn that. It's not mm. going to learn, oh, Scott always eats lunch at, at 7 or dinner at 7, you know? Yeah. But if you, like you said, though, if you don't eat them, if you don't boast for a meal, your blood sugar will rise and the algorithm will respond. You know, it will respond and try and increase the insulin delivery, the automated delivery. Right. Right. But the other, but what happens if you put the 45 grams in an hour later, you've got a bunch of insulin on board now from this automated delivery, then you put in the 45 grams, it's just going to calculate, you know, based on your carb ratio, which is going to be too much because now you already had this other insulin in there. Mm -hmm. So it does create this yo-yo effect because if you come in with the meal bolus after it's going to likely be too much. And then you're going to, you're going to crash down and then you're going to treat that low and then you're going to rise up. So that's where it goes back again to the, the pre-meal bolus is, um, is really important.
0: important. Yeah. Because,
1: but what I, what I was saying before, was actually more that if you just miss the bolus altogether, the total daily insulin calculation will start to be, be off too. Okay. It doesn't, if you don't give those boluses, it's not going to know that you require the amount of insulin that you require.
0: Mm. See, that's a bigger picture idea that's important. It, it needs to understand. Like, I guess in the same breath, if you were a really high carb person for three days and then decided to eat very low carb for three days, the system isn't going to magically know that you stopped eating 150 carbs a day versus now you're having 50 or something like that.
1: Right. right. No, it, it won't. But it will update your total daily insulin every time you change your pot. Okay. So this is a very important point because, you know, especially with kids, which is what I, you know, I work in pediatrics and so kids grow and their insulin needs change all the time, constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's expected. And so a lot of people will ask, well, how, if it's based on total daily insulin, like how does it adjust as my kid grows or, you know, needs more insulin? And it does that by updating the total daily insulin with each and every pot. So every pod, it's going to change the adaptive basal rate based on um, the the more recent total daily insulin. So it will adapt over time to changing right. insulin needs.
0: Okay, so this first pod is on and it's collecting data. It doesn't know anything except the settings that we've given it. And it's just living with you and it's seeing what you're doing and it's seeing what's happening. Um, after that first pod is done, you move to the next one. And that's where you really start seeing the system working a little more, right? That very, very first pod is a, is a collection day or days, excuse me.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's operating more conservatively conservatively with the first pod because it's only estimating your, it's guessing at your total daily insulin. Mm -hmm. And then, and so because of that, it's just more conservative. It's a little more constrained on how, um, how high the adaptive basal can go, how much it can increase the insulin, um, but then when you change and you go to the second pod, it starts using your actual total daily insulin. And then those constraints aren't, aren't there anymore. So
0: I see, yeah. so, Carrie, I've, I've been told something by my, my little birds, and I want to know if you see uh, any value to it at all. They say that first pod, instead of going the full 72 hours, they say, change it after 48. Cause it's learned everything it's going to learn. And you want the next pod to get moving. Have you heard that at all?
1: <laughs> um, I haven't directly heard that but my guess is that comes from the fact that you know what's required for the system to start using your actual TDI instead of the estimated TDI um, after the first pod mm-hmm. is at least 48 hours of insulin delivery and a pod change okay so that might be where that comes from but in my opinion I don't I don't know that I would worry too much about that you certainly could change it after 48 hours and like make it start using your actual TDI but There's also concerns of like, do you, you know, do you really want to change your pod earlier than you need to? You only get a certain amount of supplies. So I don't think it's essential or will make a huge difference, but um, certainly could.
0: I just wanted to get that in there because the internet always thinks it knows. And (laughs) so I wanted to see what you thought. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, All right. I have some questions here. Actually, I want to thank existing podcast listeners. They sent in a ton of questions for this. This person says, I've read that the first pod operates at a reduced basal rate. Is that, that true?
1: Um, I mean, reduced from what? I don't, and I'm not sure that that's actually true. I, I mm-hmm. mean, what I would say is the first pod operates off of more conservatively than it will in subsequent pods. And I would say that the maximum delivery is more constrained, but I wouldn't say that it is operating off of a reduced basal rate because the adaptive basal rate it determines is based on the total daily insulin it estimates. So okay. a lot of that is based on what you you know have initially programmed for your basal program.
0: In, in a perfect situation, you're going to put this first pot on and you're going to let it do its thing. You're going to live your life and let it learn. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. What if you get into a situation where your settings were way off when you got started, so you're seeing a high blood sugar that you're just not okay with? Do you come in and correct it?
1: Yes. And I would encourage, especially in the first couple of weeks, as it's getting, you know, adapting and adjusting to your total insulin needs, if your glucose is high, give, give a correction bolus. Um, it, it, all it can do is help because it does two things. One, it should help bring your blood sugar down, but then two, it's, it's adding more insulin in to the total daily insulin. And so, you know, that's going to increase the total daily insulin. And then with the next pod, you're going to have a higher baseline adaptive rate, and it's all just going to balance out um, from there. So the principle of giving correction boluses uh, really, really helps. But can I add one more thing about correction boluses at this point?
0: You're the only one here, really. I'm just asking questions. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't add something, Um, we're pretty done. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. And this gets to what you were saying before a little bit in that you know, people who live with diabetes really figure out how to make their insulin delivery work for them. And there's a lot of different ways to get there, as you mentioned, when you're using a manual pump therapy. And the difference with an automated system is that you now have insulin delivery going on that you aren't in charge of anymore. And so um, my best advice for giving correction boluses is to follow the bolus calculator recommendation. And I know that's really hard for, for, for many people, because you know how much you need, but with an automated system, you can have a lot of insulin on board from the adaptive basal increasing that you just may not be acutely aware of. Yeah. So, um, but what's great about the system is if you're using the bolus calculator, um, any insulin delivery that is above the baseline. So this baseline, I told you the system calculates for you it will factor that into the insulin on board point being, you can see how much insulin on board is active. And that includes the automated basal, which is also different from standard pumps where typically basal insulin is not incorporated into the insulin on board calculation. And it is now if it's, you know, being given to deal with hyperglycemia. So, um, you can follow the recommendation and just be advised that the, the, correction dose may seem smaller. You know, a lot of people will say to me, Oh my gosh, this thing thought said I needed 0.5. And I, on my other pump, I would have given two units for this. And I have to tell them, well, on your other pump, your basil was stupid. It wasn't helping you like it was stupidly delivering 0.5 units an hour, no matter what your CGM was doing. So, um, just keep that in mind and try to work with, with the system and not against it. And that will really help, um, with frustration, but also with getting better outcomes too.
0: Carrie, listen. May I make a uh, I did, I, let me let me just be honest here for a second. I fought it in the beginning. I, I was like, "That's not what I would do," or "That's not what I need to <laughs> yeah. have happen." Or and it really did just eventually occur to me. I was like, "This thing's going to do stuff. I'm not going to understand it all. And if it works, great. Why? Why do I even? You know." You know, why am I fighting with it? (laughs) And I was just applying what I knew prior to what was happening now. And it it really did take me longer than it should have to say to myself, this is not an apples to apples situation here. I am not doing manual pumping the way I used to. That's not what this is. This isn't even another automated insulin delivery system, right? Because they all work differently. I mean, there's a number of them that are available and not one of them is accomplishing what they're accomplishing in the same way. And so I did find myself having to put away some of my old tools that I thought worked really well, and and look at Omnipod five more and try to find the tools that I thought worked better with it.
1: Yeah, you may need to find some new tools, you know, and and you will. But I think that that's that's really um, that's really the key, I yeah. think. And in admit, it, I mean that's hard to do. I mean, you know, when you've been spending years and years and years taking care of diabetes, and then. Sometimes you'll, you'll have to let those things go, but that can be, and that can be hard to let those things go. So I usually tell people, you know, the system needs time to adapt to total daily insulin. As far as thinking about expectations of like, you know, how long is this going to take to get used to this? Most people are asking like, how long is it going to take for the algorithm to figure out how much insulin I need? And while that's true, there's another piece. It's how long do I give myself (laughs) to get used to a new type of insulin delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another piece of it is it's, you know, you know, as the user, you have to figure out where you need to let go and let the system do its thing. And then where you need to give insulin and do your part and how to find this like beautiful harmony where the two of you work together, the system and you, um, you know, to to get the best out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll jump into that. We'll do a settings episode where we'll talk more about how to make those adjustments and even how to talk to your healthcare provider about making those adjustments. Um, I, I'm just, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I feel like what I need to know, like if I'm going to recap here, is that I'm going to come in with as good a settings as possible. And And could that even mean that I start Omnipod 5 in manual mode for a couple of days. Say I'm not coming from Omnipod Dash. Maybe I'm coming from MDI or something else, right? If I start in manual mode for a little bit, I'm looking for that stability, right? Is my basal at a good place where I'm held? I mean, the way I talk about it on the podcast is basal's job is to hold you at a number, right? Mm-hmm. And that number is, you know, it can be whatever you you think it is. But if your basal is set correctly, it will hold you away from food and active insulin, at a yep. number. At 90, at 100, you could use a little more basil and have it lower. You could use less basil and have it higher. But stability is the important part. If you don't have stability, then your basil is not close to being correct. Away from food and away from an active bolus, you know, your blood sugar shouldn't be dropping very harshly or jumping up and down. Your basil's, I mean, basil's everything. I think it's the it's the bedrock of diabetes and it's the way to it's the way to have success no matter what you're using. So maybe I even start Omnipod 5 in in manual mode for a little bit. It's still seeing if my basal is working. It's still seeing my boluses and my corrections. And it's seeing my total daily insulin. That would work as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could. Um, but you it's absolutely not necessary, could. right? Right. It's not necessary. And the only other caution I would, would give you is that, you know, the system isn't using the basal rates themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: testing it that'll give you a really great base basal profile for if you were using it in manual mode. Right. But what's more important for getting the best start in automated mode is really just the total insulin. And, and so, you know, if your settings are just have gotten off over the years, like let's say, you know, per your programmed settings, you only get 25% of your insulin from the basal rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't recommend starting Omnipod five with it like that. You could go into manual mode, tweak it all up, you know, test it out if you wanted to, but you could also just talk, look at what your actual total insulin is. Because if you have, you know, relatively, you know, good control that you're happy with overall, mm-hmm. you have a total amount of insulin that you're receiving. And that seems to be working as far as the amount. So you could just reestimate what that basil really should be based on the total insulin. Can
0: I pick your brain get, a little more here on that? Yeah. So if my total daily insulin is whatever it is, but my average blood sugar is 180, then my total daily insulin might not be enough.
1: Right. Right. And that is a excellent point because, and especially, I mean, I see this all the time. It's, I think this is very, very common in, in youth, even especially mm-hmm. most kids are not getting enough overall insulin. And so I will sometimes when I, cause what I do at my clinic right now in prep for everybody starting up the system is I review, I try anyway, to review everybody's current pump settings and suggest different settings for them, um, and work with them to, uh, um, you know, what they should program in Omnipod Mm five. And if I see that somebody's, you know, got an average blood sugar of 200 and their last time in range was, you know, 45%, then I'll look at what their, their basal is. And if it's, if they're over basalized on paper, as in like, oh, they're getting 60, 70%, but really that represents more of an expected TDI total daily insulin, then I probably just keep it. So that is an excellent point that just because on paper, the split might look off it's all relative to whether the total daily insulin that you're getting is actually the amount that you need.
0: Yeah. It just occurred to me that you you might be, you know, doing great, you know, and thinking I'm doing fantastic. Um, uh, You know, my blood, my A1C is eight, seven and a half. And this is my average, you know, insulin intake. And then all of a sudden you put on this, you know, the Omnipod 5. And you put on a target of 110, but you give it settings that led to a 170 or a 180, those two things are incongruous at best. So yeah, so that makes, there's going to be an adjustment period is what yeah. I keep thinking to say.
1: You right. Know, and, right. Yeah. And it all starts with, I think if you just remember that it really all starts with what's your total daily insulin, mm-hmm. either what is it that you're getting or, or how much is it, would you really expect that you would need? Because yes, it is different for everybody, but it's not a complete mystery. Like there are ways to estimate how much you really should be expected to be getting based on, um, just simply based on weight. So like, if you're really not sure that the amount you get, whether it's really close to optimal or not, you know, talk with your, with your doctor and and, and be like, what, how much should I probably actually be getting, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and go from there.
0: So um a minute ago I talked about being in manual mode and I just wanted to point out that even if you're in manual mode, the algorithm is paying attention to your total daily insulin there. But in manual mode, there's no algorithm to stop you from getting low. It's just you're using an insulin pump just like a regular old insulin pump. Then and I didn't I didn't I didn't say that clearly enough, so I, I wanted to. We have a couple of things here. Uh, a person who started on the pod five and they had, you know, they, they were like, well, I, I wanted to be more aggressive. And so they get to their fourth pod and they start making all these changes to their settings, thinking this is going to make it more aggressive. I'm going to increase my basal, the carb ratio, the insulin sensitivity factor, et cetera, on and on, right? Except that's not how this works. Like after that first pod, you put that first pod on, the algorithm is learning and it's adjusting those things. So if you made a change to one of those settings, that change would only be concrete if you were in manual. That's correct, right?
1: Um, partially. I mean, if so when you're in automated mode, I cannot stress enough that it does not care what basal rates you have programmed. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the first pod, it doesn't care about the actual basal rates, the, the profile itself. It's concerned about the total only to help it estimate your total daily insulin. So I just want to make sure that's really clear Mm -hmm. that even with the first pod, the actual rates themselves and the different ones you put at different times of day, it does not use those in any way. Um, So no changing, no changing basal rates at all when you're using automated mode. Um, Those would only be used if you were in manual mode. Okay. Um, But for boluses, if you change your insulin to carb ratio, if you change your correction factor, Um, That will change the amount of insulin that's recommended for your bolus doses. And that can actually make a really big difference in your overall um, glycemic control. Um, Really fine-tuning those bolus doses because that's what you have the control over. It's your job to give those boluses for meals. And so um, focusing on those, actually, I would highly recommend because it can make a huge difference in your overall blood sugar control.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you. I just I'm trying to put myself in the position of somebody who just comes at it new and doesn't mm-hmm. un, you know doesn't quite understand what's going on. You want to do one more question or do you want to move on? Let's see. Hmm.
1: Do the questions. It's good for.
0: Yeah. It, it, people
1: it's... are sending them in, you know, then they want them answered. I think it's that's good.
0: Hey, I love you. You're very mm. nice. <laughs> this is, I'm having a good time. This is our first yeah. time recording together. And uh I feel like we're doing well. What do you think? Give, our, give us I, some credit for. A yeah, second.
1: we're yeah. feeling great. I'm feeling more and more normal, and the more we go,
0: you're not as nervous any longer. Mm-mm. Cool. Okay. I'm,
1: I'm settling in.
0: <laughs> I'm oddly calm. Just so you know, <laughs> okay.
1: you do seem very calm. I'm like waiting for the. Uh, I don't know. I'm waiting for you to yell at me about something. Why? Why would I do that? I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Kari, like, let's just kind of dig in before we move forward. Let's add a little more clarity to um, total daily insulin in manual mode. So, oh, okay. You, you, do you do you um do you feel like we've covered it all, or do you do you think there's more there? Like, I don't know what to add to what you've said. So maybe yeah. you do.
1: I mean, I think the point you made of just making it clear that Omnipod Five it the pod tracks total daily insulin. Whether you're using manual mode or automated mode, it's always tracking that. So if you went out of automated mode into manual mode for whatever reason, um, for, you know, a week, two weeks, a month, a year, it's still tracking it. So then if you switch back to automated mode, it's, it's just going to pick up with that total daily insulin maybe is um, the, the point there.
0: Carrie, I believe that was a perfect explanation. Thank you very much. Oh, yes. All right. So let's roll through a couple of questions that I have pretty simple answers. A uh, person asks, will it be possible to decrease to decrease the target blood glucose level from the current built-in minimum values? Now I know the answer to this one. So no.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Quite simply, no. The target is 110. It's 110. Um yes.
0: Yeah. And you can go higher if you so desire. Up to 150 yes. i think we've said already Yep, right? all the
1: way up to 150 but yep.
0: if you want to target a 90 it it's not going to do that it will not okay all right but can i just add one thing about that please because i have stuff to say too go
1: yeah the target thing is fascinating for me because i work with a lot of automated systems not just omnipod 5 and this is something that comes up with every single one i would just realize that this target is the brains it's the brains of the algorithm it is not, I, it's not saying that your blood sugar is going to be at 110 all the time and that right. it's never going to be under 110 or that you couldn't possibly ever be under 110. It's just every time that the algorithm makes a dosing decision, it's doing it, trying to reach 110. That doesn't mean you'll always reach 110 or never go below it. Does that make sense? So I would focus yeah. when I think about adjusting the target, since this is the first system where you can do that. Look at it more from the bigger picture. Like, if you're running high overnight and your target's set at one thirty, drop it because then the insulin's going to give more. In- the algorithm's going to give more insulin. So think of it more as like, if you want to try and make the algorithm more aggressive because you're running high overnight, drop the target. If you're running lower than you want to be, I don't even wherever that might be. Um like I just worked with someone the other day who was running 85 overnight which some people would love he mm-hmm. they did not love that and so we bumped up the target you know so in in it in it helped bring him up a little higher so think of it more pragmatically like that like it's a way for you to influence what it does and less focus on what the actual specific Number itself. Carrie, is. Listen,
0: I think if people listen to this podcast, they'll understand this. And if they're new to it and they're finding it because of the OmniPod 5 episodes, then this might be a little lost on them for a moment. But there are so many variables that go into how insulin works for you. So if you're a person who does uh, a set amount of exercise every day, your insulin will probably be more effective. If you're hydrated well, it will probably be more effective than if you're not hydrated well. If you're experiencing a fluctuation of hormones, say at one point, but you aren't at another point, the insulin is going to have different impacts. And so it's a lot about your behavior as far as what you know about that and what you and what you ask of the system. My point being if you go along eating uh, you know, a house salad for three days and then on the fourth day decide, I'm going to have a half a pizza, well, go for it. Except just understand that if you are a person who's been eating house salads for a year, your, your insulin to carb ratio, for example, is probably more tied into that style of eating. So if you're going to slide into a completely different style of eating all of a sudden, that insulin to carb ratio might not be the same for pizza – as it is for something else. And I, I'm getting a little outside of, you know, I'm not a healthcare provider and et cetera. But y- you do need to understand how insulin works, I guess is what I'm saying. And if you don't, you're going to run into problems. And you could turn to, you know, and think it's, you know, you could, I don't know, you could chase ghosts around. You could think you see what's happening, but you might not be.
1: Yeah. And then I would just end that statement with I mean, I think. The, people give more concern to the target than I think is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not as big of a deal that um, sometimes it can be made out to be. And so I try to encourage people not to worry too much about that. Back to what you were saying, just focus on doing what you can to get the get the best control that you can, and, and the target is not really the most important factor here. Yeah.
0: Um, well, yeah. yeah, my only point was is that if you're if you're targeting one ten. And, you know, your blood sugar is rising and the system says, oh, it's coming. You know, that's happening. Uh, I'll do what I did yesterday and that'll work, except that you've made some. Uh, yeah, Here's a here's a, a better way to think of it. Maybe if you are getting low overnight, for example, and the algorithm is stopping that low by taking away basil, you may have had less basil than your body really needs, you know, four or five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning because of, I don't know, a bad bolus you made at well three o'clock, who knows. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning, the algorithm doesn't know to you know th- that your toast is gonna hit you extra hard now because you really haven't had your full basil for the last three hours. Like you kind of have to know that. And yes. you, you know what I mean?
1: Right, that, that's a really good example because it does show the interaction between you know things that the algorithm doesn't. Right. And that's a perfect example of, of that kind of perspective and that, um, Oh, what's the word? Like kind of the vision, the, that you see that, that insight of, Oh, look, I'm about to eat breakfast. I see that the system has suspended my basil for the last, um, hour. And if I, when I eat this toast, it's going to have a huge impact because I've got very little, if any insulin, currently working in the system mm-hmm. so in those cases you know pre-bullying as far ahead as possible makes a really big difference because you know you get you make sure you have some insulin starting to work before you you know eat yeah. get those carbs in the system
0: excellent um i feel like karen tell me something i feel like we've done a good oh. job here do you not agree <laughs> I do. I mean, you're, sure. You're looking at the same notes I'm looking at, and I feel like we covered so much of it um, without getting to it in the notes. Does that make sense yeah, to you?
1: sure. I, for, I haven't even looked at the notes, so I mean, I'm glad that you think we're covering it. Carrie, K-
0: you're, you're counting <laughs> on me?
1: <laughs> I mean, I've looked at the notes, but I didn't want to make a bunch of noise. They're right here, but I <laughs> Yeah, I've seen them before. Yes, we're doing, we're, we're doing great.
0: Okay. Um, so I just want to dig down for a second and go through a couple of ideas about just making sure people understand what the adaptive basal rate is. But I feel like we've done that. No, I'm just going to run through them. And you tell me if you mm-hmm. think we've done it. Adaptive basal rate is a baseline for automated insulin delivery. It is the insulin delivery calculated in units per hour. Then the smart adjust technology continues to change over time as Omnipod 5 uh, is used. And this is all, of course, based on your total daily insulin. It yeah. Is, okay. Adaptive basal rate is based on the total amount of basal and bolus insulin delivered in a 24-hour day or the total t- daily insulin again. And updates with each pod change based on the previous insulin history to best match the user's needs. That is true. Right. I'd
1: like to add one thing Go because ahead. this is a very common question. Can you, what, how do you know what your adaptive basal rate is? The short answer is, is you don't. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to know. You can't find it out. So we should probably get that out of the way.
0: Yeah. Okay. And if for some reason, and, and I know I, this is not, uh, not fun to think of, but if for some reason your controller um, explodes, like you drop it in the pool or you throw it across the street for some, I don't know what you might do to make it break apart. But if that happens, you, you are s- starting over again when that next pod goes on. Yes. Yes. You and are. So I want to mm-hmm. point out, always know what your like know your settings as best you can. Right? Like like whatever you put to that thing the first time, write them down somewhere. Don't just, you know, don't just go, I don't know. Uh, know right. what your total daily insulin is. Like that mm-hmm. I think is incredibly important, right? Because then at the very least, even if you're just like, I don't know any of these settings anymore, you could at least look at the total daily insulin. You could say to yourself, okay, let me just take 50% of this and make it, I'll break it up over 24 hours and make that the basil. And I'll take the rest of this and I'll look at some of my carbs and I'll figure out my insulin to carb ratio. And these would be good restarting settings. That's a very basic way to think about it. But is but at least you'd be getting that total daily insulin set in there. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, no, it does. And um, but the only thing I would add to that is um, you know, your insulin needs can change over time. So depending on how long it's been Mm -hmm. since you started before you broke your controller, I mean, if it's been a year and your manual mode, basal rates haven't been changed at all. Uh They might be slightly off. If your total daily insulin has actually gone up.
0: Any number of reasons changed your activity, gained a few pounds, lost a few pounds, et cetera, et cetera. So
1: the best way to really Mm -hmm. keep track of that information is to, um, have your Omnipod 5 linked to gluco because this is one of my favorite things as a healthcare professional, because if you link your Omnipod 5 to gluco, which is a data management system that you can summarize, you can get reports that summarize your insulin delivery and glucose control. Mm -hmm. um, Then you can just, if you break your controller, you can log into gluco and you can see what the settings were. And how much, and you can see how much, what your average total daily insulin has been. Okay. And so, and that it'll walk you through doing that when you, um, go to the, uh, setup screens. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend doing that and not skipping that part because it's, it's really cool. And then once you're set up, it will automatically upload the pump to gluco via the cloud without you having to do anything. You don't have to manually upload it. And then when you show up to see your, your doctor, the data's already there, and everyone is so happy.
0: I like not having to do anything. That makes sense. So so keep track on your own. Use paper if you still have a pencil in your house or use your computer or your phone. Most people just use their phones, right, Carrie? I sound very old now when I said yeah. write down somewhere. people
1: use their phones, Scott. <laughs>
0: yeah, so keep track of all your settings um, and and utilize gluco as well. Glucose uh, is free, right?
1: Yeah, and when yeah. you go through the setup, it will... It'll walk you through pairing it, and if you don't have a glucose count, it will walk you through like creating one and everything.
0: Okay. Um, what can I see? So you you've had a lot of experience with with the system and with the controller. So what can I see as a user day to day? Like what do I have access to?
1: On the controller?
0: Yeah. Like can or I the see, app itself? Yeah. Like like do I just see oh it made a bolus or do I see you know how much it used?
1: Yeah. So what you can see on the main screen is you can see this, the current CGM glucose value in Trend Arrow Mm -hmm. because you've, you've paired the, um, transmitter into your Omnipod five. So it can, the pod will send that, that, that information to the PDM. So you can see the CGM data on the Omnipod five app. Mm -hmm. So you can see the CGM value in current Trend Arrow. You can see how much insulin on board you have. And you can see your last bolus. It's very similar um, appearance to the dash interface. Very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see the last bolus you gave and how much that was. And then there is um, a way that you can expand the CGM graph. You can, um, you can see the last three hours of the CGM values. And on that graph, you can also see the insulin on board and the current um, CGM value as well. Mm-hmm. And then you can get a visual representation of the automated... Delivery. So at the bottom of that CGM graph, you can see if you're in automated um, delivery or manual delivery. And then you can also see visually if the algorithm is at maximum delivery or suspension. So you can see things categorically, but it won't show you the exact amounts. Okay. However, you could go to the history if you want to see each five minute you know, micro delivery that the um, you know, or adaptive basal delivery, if you are so inclined.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty obvious, right, that the system is set up to try to take away your burden and so that you're not constantly worried and looking and, you know, overwhelmed. I mean, I I think, you know, I'm gonna put my my personal opinion in here. I think omnipod five for most people is gonna be an incredible improvement for them. You know, like just an incredible improvement. And and getting it set up and getting it rolling is, is the crux of the whole thing, right? It's just why we're talking about it. Because what, what's beyond this should very well be some fairly smooth sailing, where the algorithm's learning and, ke- and keeping up with you and making adjustments where it's necessary. And even you're learning as you go along how to, uh, how to bullish for your meals better or how to think about things as far as the way the system works. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling a, a weight lifted at some point.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential here for a lot of people to get much better blood sugar control than what they've been able to, um, you know, to to get on a manual pump, as well as more stability. Because the other thing I think we often don't talk about is glycemic variability, just the ups and the downs. So sometimes the average looks fine. But when you really go and look at it, you know, you're spending 50% of your time high and 50% of your time low. So this helps you kind of, find the balance and be more stable with less big fluctuations. Yeah. Um, and sleep. That's the oh, thing.
0: Oh, You stole my I thing. Go ahead, oh. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. I was
1: gonna say that's, that's the thing, especially for for parents. Um, and you know, I work in pediatrics, so I always want to give that disclaimer, I don't really know much about adults. But um, for parents, getting to sleep at night is the constant theme that that I hear. Cause not only is the blood sugar improved overnight, it's the stability that you just get to sleep the whole night. And that's just not something many, um, parents, uh, and kids yeah. really experience. So
0: yeah. I, I have, uh, never slept so well as, uh, I have since, um, automated insulin delivery has become a reality. So, yeah. and, and it if you. Sells
1: overnight, it's really very exciting. If you think about it, it's half of your day. So, I mean, it's, it's also super encouraging that, you know, the nighttime tends to be relatively, like, really reliable. Like, you can really rely that for almost everybody, like, it's just, it is going to help overnight.
0: For sure. I, I think also, yeah, kids that go on sleepovers or, you know, an adult who's got a real heavy sleeper or no, you know, next to them or nobody next to them, they're on their own. I, I always think that being an adult with type 1 and living by yourself has got to add an extra Uh, amount of anxiety to your life you got kids going away to college all these things yeah it's just it's listen i'm i'm a huge fan of this stuff i have been saying um, on this podcast for years that you do not want to get stuck in how it's done because you know People are going to make advancements, and you don't want to be back with like, oh, I'm still peeing on this test strip. Is that not the way we're doing it anymore? You know, (laughs) Um, and so this is um, it's a big deal. It really is. I can't. I don't. I don't think I can quite say enough. What a big deal! Yeah,
1: it's a really exciting time. You know, and it's only going to get more and more exciting as we go. I think. I think we're just at the beginning. Okay,
0: we're going to hammer through a couple of questions here, and then we're going to we're going to button this up. Try to keep it around an hour, right? Okay. Realistically, how long should I expect it to take for the system to adapt? optimize the insulin delivery do its thing what did you see during the um during your time with it
1: i think a couple of weeks is a is a is a good expectation to set for yourself that you've got to give it a couple of weeks you know three or four pods for it to really get some time to adapt and then the other thing is that it's not even just the adaptive basal and figuring out the total, you know, giving the algorithm time to figure out the total daily insulin. That's obviously a huge part of it, Mm -hmm. but it is very, very common. And this has been true with every automated insulin delivery system I've worked with. You almost always need stronger carb ratios on an automated system compared to a manual system. And again, like work with your doctor and, and look at this stuff and talk about what your carb ratios should be. But If you're running high after meals, don't hesitate to reach out because there is something that can be done. Oftentimes you just need to strengthen the carb ratios and it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean the system's not working. It's expected. It's, it's a dynamic, uh, basal delivery. That's Mm -hmm. totally different than a manual pump where it's just statically delivering. So because it's dynamic, you're going to have periods where it's turning off and then turning back on. And oftentimes leading up to a meal you have less insulin on board because there's been suspensions because you're getting back to that target. And so because of that, naturally you're going to need a stronger carb ratio than maybe you used before. So keep that in the back of your mind, because after those couple of weeks, if you're still running high or higher than you'd like, or high after meals specifically, reach out to your doctor and, and uh, fine tune those carb ratios. Cause it can make a huge difference.
0: Well, it really does depend, I guess, on the person, right? It's individual, how long it's going to take, days, weeks, plus all the other stuff that we just spoke about.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, everything's individualized, but I would say, you know, give it a couple of weeks. And if you're not where you want to be, you know, reach out to your healthcare provider to help you because there's probably, you know, some bolus settings that could be adjusted to really help you um, get where you want to go.
0: Let me ask you a question because you've seen so many people on it attached to this idea is there something I can be looking for that shows that we're moving in the right direction? Like hmm. w- when's the, when's the part where I go, Ooh, maybe I will call my doctor here. I think we're, we're at a, we're maybe we've plateaued.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I mean, I'm a big, big picture person. Um, I think time and range is the most important thing. And so if your time and range is not getting to where, you know, you want it to be and you should be able to get it, you know, above 70% and meet those targets, um, you know, reach out and, and help have your doctor help you get there.
0: Okay. I guess. And in the end, you can paint that picture to your doctor as well and let them help you make the decision. If you can't decide if you're seeing improvement or not. Carrie, I find that thinking about insulin is like a time travel movie, right? Like insulin I use now is for later, uh, but really insulin that's happening now was from before. And it (laughs) always helps to have another person to talk about that with (laughs) so you don't get a little lost. You know what I mean? Like it's great to talk to your healthcare provider, your nurse practitioner, whoever it is that you're making those decisions with because it's nice to just have another person to bounce it off of sometimes because, you know, like at some point you're sitting in the theater and you're like, I don't understand how is Neo slowing those down? Like, you know, like you need somebody else to chat with about it and, and make good sense of it. You sound mm-hmm. like you would be a good person to do it with.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I really enjoy it and I do it a lot. So love working with people that. To- Get those carb ratios
0: right. Right. So if I even if I start the pod and I'm like, oh, God, I used all the wrong settings, I just might have to wait a little longer for it to figure it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, you, you might just have to wait a little longer, but it will get there. It will all be okay.
0: Okay. So time, settings, bolusing, you know, the way you need to bolus, whether that means amount or timing, timing and amount, such a big deal. Um, yeah. And then you just let Omnipod 5 do its thing.
1: Yeah. And can I make one more comment about the You can make about as many correction? comments as you want, Karen. So the other thing is, um, like I already told you, like I highly recommend following the bills calculator for correction doses mm-hmm. so that you can work with the system and not against it. Um, but if you find that it's always recommending zero and you're still running high, again, you don't have to just sit there. It could be that your correction factor is too high. Okay. It needs to be stronger. I find that correction factor is like the forgotten about setting often, mm-hmm. um, in pump therapy, you know, we're all in manual therapy. We're always tweaking the basal's, Um, and we often change the carb ratios and we hardly ever do anything with the correction factor. And so I see this, you know, fifteen-year-old, and they have the same correction factor from when they were six. <laughs> one so unit it's for like, three
0: hundred and fifty points.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I don't think that one unit's going to drop you three hundred points anymore. You know, yeah, so don't forget about anymore. the correction factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets it needs some attention too. Sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, and I know it's you know it's it sounds super simple, but the idea of you know if your correction factor is one unit moves you fifty points. But you haven't looked at it since you were five years old back when it was one unit moved to 350. Now you're trying to adjust the high blood sugar and you have no hope of that working. And on top of that, you've told the algorithm this should work and yeah. you've given it bad information.
1: Yeah. That's and a- the bolus calculator is just going to use whatever is programmed in there to as part of its calculation. So, right, right. yeah, it makes a big difference.
0: OK, well, I think this is a great time to break and say that we hope we see you in part two where we're going to do a a deeper dive on settings. I'd like to thank Carrie Burgett for being on the show today and sharing her knowledge about the Omnipod 5 with us. And a huge thanks to the listeners of the podcast who shared questions and comments that led to the building of these three episodes. If you're interested in getting started with the Omnipod 5 or learning more about it, Go to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And don't forget that these episodes will be available in your audio app forever, but you can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash omnipod5. This episode was just part one of a three part series. You still have Omnipod 5 Pro Tip settings and Omnipod 5 Pro Tip connectivity to listen to. If you found this episode helpful and you're new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow in your audio app for more diabetes and Omnipod 5 content. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. A huge thanks to Athletic Greens and Contour for sponsoring this episode of the Best of the Juice Box Podcast. Get started today with that green drink, AG1 from Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. You and I could be doing the same thing every morning together, except not really together, but I mean... But you know what I mean. And of course, you want, you need, you deserve an accurate blood glucose meter. Contour Next Gen at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. When you click on the links, you're supporting the podcast. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.